Greetings, welcome to today's podcast. I'm Fernando. I'm an alcoholic and in recovery. 24-hour little book reading for today, October 31st. AA thought for the day. I have more peace and contentment. Life has fallen into place. The pieces of the jigsaw puzzle have found their correct position. Life is whole, all of one piece. I am not cast either and yawn on every wind of circumstances or fancy. I am no longer a dry leaf cast up and away by the breeze. I have found my place of rest, my place where I belong. I am content. I do not vainly wish for things I cannot have. I have the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. Courage to change the things I can and wisdom to know the difference. Have I found contentment in AA? Meditation for today. In all of us, there is an instant inner consciousness with that tells of God. An inner voice that speaks to our heart. It is a voice that speaks to us intimately, personally, in a time of quiet meditation. It is like a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. We can reach out into the darkness and figuratively touch the hand of God. As the big book puts it, deep down in every man and woman and child is the fundamental idea of God. We can find that great reality deep down within us. And when we find it, it changes our whole attitude towards life. Prayer for the day. I pray that I may follow the leading of the inner voice. I pray that I may not turn a deaf ear to the urging of my consciousness. And that, my folks, is where Alcoholic Anonymous has helped me, Fernando Alcoholic, to be restored and be satisfied that I have satisfied the requirements of a Heavenly Father that I knew was beckoning me to uh, get closer to Him. And He loved me just the way I am. Thief, ugliness, robbery, drinker. He established me to make me satisfied today with my life. I am passing it on, folks. That's all I'm doing here is passing out what I found works in my life. The water is fine. Come on in. Jump in. Get excited about it. Okay, reading today, Daily Reflection, Alcoholic Anonymous. Let's go ahead and open up with a serenity prayer, please. Uh, let me, let me, should lower that okay avoiding controversies daily reflections all history affords the spectacle of striving nations and groups finally torn asunder because they were designed for or tempted into controversy huh think about that others fell apart because of sheer self-righteousness while trying to enforce upon the rest of mankind some millennium of their own specification. 12 Steps and 12 Traditions, page 176. 
As an AA member and sponsor, I know I can cause real damage if I yield to temptation and give opinions and advice on another's medical, marital, or religious problems. I am not a doctor, counselor, or lawyer. I cannot tell anyone how he or she should live. However, I can share how I came through a similar situation without drinking and how AA steps and traditions helped me dealing with my life. I'm Fernando Alcoholic, and I am guilty as charged. I'm always telling people to thank God for their problems, so I'm into religious uh, advice. I am always telling people to to take medical precautions, that all 20% of the uh, medical staff out there are competent. Uh, well, let's just take you. How competent were you at your trade? Where were you? Were you the 20% or were you the 80% that haphazardly did uh, their, their work? Okay? So, to me, you need a lot of prayer to get medical advice. You need a lot of prayer to get meritable counseling. I think we get penalized when we don't go to, to our higher power and ask who's the, the doctor that, that has my best interests. You know, that's a prayer. You know, it says that we will have success if we ask. And that's the way it's been. That's been my opinion. It's my experience that if I take my car without prayer, they're going to give it back to me the same way, and I'll have to fix the problem anyway. I have to go in there and break the tools out because of my laziness. You know, some of us have been chosen to uh, learn hard knocks the way that everywhere we go, we go to the doctor, he wants to stick a tube up your ass and, and charge you all kinds of money for blood tests and everything, and they're all out of control. They're all addicts. And started to say, I need to go find a prudent, competent, uh, well-dedicated staff that don't have any of that nonsense. That go for the... Okay? Everything is nonsense without prayer. Medical advice is nonsense without prayer. Meritable advice is nonsense without prayer. And religious advice... Is really nonsense without proper prayer and seeking and finding out for yourself. That's my experience, and uh, it worked for me. So, wow. I'm just telling you, all cylinders are running in eight, are firing. The rhythm of the fuel and the combination of fuel in there is good. All is well. Okay, let's go ahead and pray out with the Lord's Prayer, please. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us of our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil, from the evil one. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Keep coming back, family. It's working.
Greetings, family. Welcome to today's podcast. I'm Fernando, your host. Suddenly, by God's grace, I'm here fully clothed in my right mind. I am a good standing member of Alcoholic Anonymous. I haven't had a drink of alcohol since 1994, August. In my second rodeo, that means uh, I came in in 1982 to Alcoholic Anonymous. Sent in by the courts, society, by the mercy and the kindness of the municipal courts of the United States of America here in California. You know, I hear of people conducting themselves the way I did and the way I drank and the way I violated the, the laws in the, of the land of dr- drinking and driving. Oh, it's a lot of fun until you uh, hurt somebody or hurt yourself. You can drive 80, 100 times between DUIs, between catastrophes. If you really think about it, uh, maybe it's the grace of God. You're pushing the envelope. You see how much you can get away from. Running away. I was running away from my responsibilities. I was running away from learning how to be a man. I was learning, running away from uh, life itself. So the best thing that happened to me was come to Alcoholic Anonymous by an attorney uh, that was very intelligent. I was 16 years old when I left home. I... I didn't go home. I didn't leave to go to college. I left bloody after a vicious fight with my brother. I was starting the 11th grade. So I determined to uh, go on my own. I had no choice. I had to leave the home. My brother was older. stronger and um, I left anyway I don't want to get into my story right now the idea is is that um, we violate laws but do we do we get away from it I came to the conclusion that we get 10 times penalty, 10 times. You violate laws of stealing, you get 10 times the penalty. Sometimes the penalty is so severe that it snubs our lives out or we, we do it ourselves, you know. You know how it says that we, we steal from our own selves, we take from our own selves. For instance, uh, I tried to uh, mess with the uh, unemployment system in California. And when I really needed them, I I really needed their money, their help. 
They were, they, they penalized me for 10 weeks. The district attorney for not paying child support. The IRS for not paying taxes. Everything came down on me. Then I realized that I didn't have even pay attention to go into a rehab or anything. But anyway, I learned the, the mercies of God with a prayer. God helped me. God got me out of it. After losing, I don't know, 30 pounds, I was skin and bones. Anyway, moving right ahead, let's pick this thing up. Let's go ahead and open it with a prayer. I just want to say uh, thank God for a merciful society that wants us to uh, earn a living, have a good living, pay our taxes, be respectful, and help. Society needs us to help. The, to citizenship and, and following the laws honors God. It really, you know, we see God in everything. When I see the loving kindness in the justice system to send me to the AA, to the 12-step fellowship, when I see the loving kindness in the AA fellowship, this is life. This is a safe haven. That was my first intuition. This is a safe haven. It's raining acid out there. It's raining acid. It's raining guns and arrows and death out there. This is a safe place. Alcoholic Anonymous saves lives. Oh yeah, there are other programs out there. But we honor God individually and stay stay focused on God individually, prospering individually, effectively seeing God work so quickly in a man's or woman's life it just boggles the imagination that's the power restorative power that's in honesty and a group of people that are honest and say uncle I'm done with running my own life let me turn it over to my sufficient proven tried and true higher power our our God, our individual gods, they tell us incredible things. Boggles the imagination. My God says all things are possible with him. He goes, so I tried it. Have you ever tried that? All things are possible. I tried it. Years ago, I didn't have any uh, resources, no employment. But God was keeping my bills paid. My back was hurt. I was getting older. Injuries from driving truck. And Anyway, uh, I asked God if it's okay if I go to Hawaii. And so I went to the 99 cent store and I bought some. They, they, all of a sudden, they had a big gondola. A big container full of rubber shoes that 
there was something wrong with them, but you couldn't tell. 99 cents a pair. I bought two pair, me for the missus and I. And my, all the hairs on my arm went up when I bought those shoes. But you know, I was acting in faith. If you want to change anything, go to believe that you you run it through your higher power and just say, hey, Lord, Jesus, that's my higher power, says, is it okay if I go to Haiti and go look around, for instance, or Tokyo, or Amsterdam? Well, he'll say, well, why don't you go ahead and uh, buy something towards you're going to use at that point of reference, study the place, study the thing, see what the what the whole picture entails. You know, I didn't really do that but when I asked for Hawaii. I think I bought a, a tanning lotion. So now I'm, I'm kind of expert in it. We just got back, I think it's a six or seven time. And this time I was at 99 cents or so earlier this year. So I bought some uh, $1.49 tanning lotion and I put it on top of the refrigerator brought it home said this is going to be our the next thing you know we go to Costco's and we see Hawaiian Kona coffee huh 16 bucks almost 17 dollars I said well let's go ahead and buy it and uh, I wasn't too happy with my uh, expensive purchase but we kept drinking it and kept trying to figure out how to make it taste good because I like Pete's coffee. And um, lo and behold, they brought the price down to $9.95, half, almost half. So we went in and got a discount on it. Now, but the story is that that connection to those two items, we just got back from seven days of Hawaii and we must have spent it oh, roughly about $85 a day for seven days. One time we went for 21 days and spent it about $100 a day. And our time, we had to put time in there, our 24 hours a day. <laughs> anyway, God bless you. This is, I guess this is a testimony that, uh, that the power of good, the power of a father... And the message of AA is tranquility, supplies, possibility, restoration in jobs, healing, the way God, the nature, the way God set nature up with man. All things are possible. Peace, love, and encouragement. We need those words. You know, drinking dissipates. Drinking dissolves. Drinking takes away all control. Yeah, it takes away little negatives, uh, irritations, and so forth. It gives you 
You know, it gives us that sense of success, drugs and alcohol, the sense, the sense of victory, the sense of achievement, without doing the work, without saving the money. It gives us that sense. So, you know, if, if anything, train your kids to save money for a car, for a thing, and to be, to work for something. Put some goals up there. And, and that is the greatest feeling when you work for something. And that's why normal people can have a toast and they'll celebrate five, 15 minutes, not five, 15 years of celebrating. <laughs> and they move on to the next thing because the, the joy in life is in the work. The joy of life is in the journey. The, the joy of life, the 95% working towards it, 5% celebrating and then going after your next task, your next possibility. I guess I'm talking to myself. I need, I just got back. I certainly working on a lot of projects, possibilities. All right, now I'd like to, to uh, say a prayer for you. For us, okay, a prayer of prosperity, a prayer that brings in results. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, that you brought us here together for your honor and for your glory, just as the Father says in your prayer. You're in heaven and you see us, Lord. And Lord, we just ask you, Lord, to guide us, instruct us. You are our bountiful Father, you are our merciful guide. You guide us. Your kindness overwhelms us, Lord. We see kindness everywhere we go. We see mercifulness. You fill our tank with joy and laughter, Lord. We ask you, if we don't have it, fill our tank with joy and laughter today that we may have a payload. Success in you, Father. Success in this team. Together, we can achieve more as a team in prayer together. I pray for you. I pray that, that you will be filled with joy and laughter today. I pray that the substitute of the real wine from heaven make a difference in your lives today. Heal, restore, make brand new. Be renewed. That the Father may give us our daily bread. We ask for our daily bread. We ask you for our daily strengths, our daily task, our daily duty. We ask, we ask for strength to accomplish things. And, Lord, and we ask for the, for the will of the Father, the plans of the Father. What are they? The, the plans of the Father will be whispered to you in the, in the entrance of a door, around the corner, in and out of a room. You will hear the Father's word and he will talk to you and he will tell you. He'll give you a message of what you're supposed to be doing. So we're asking, Lord, give us a two-sentence message. Make it easy, make it plain. 
guide us, show us how to walk, <clears throat> restore us, strengthen us. Thank you for giving us all these supplies, Lord. Supplying, supply us to do your work and that we may get our rewards out of the work. That we enjoy doing the work you give us and we enjoy the rewards as a father gives a child. Thank you for carrying us, holding us, fixing us, molding us. We let ourselves go, Lord, that we may be the gold. We thank you for all our problems. We thank you for all our difficulties. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you, yes. We, we praise our God for our difficulties. We have a mighty God that's able to inciliate them, to arrest them. We thank you, God, for our bad habits. We thank you for our good habits. We thank you that we can pray and open up. That's a good habit. Multiply it. Bless it, Lord. We thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for carrying us in your arms and making a difference in our lives. We ask in your name, Lord. Thank you for forgiving us as we have forgiven those. And we write a letter to forgive those to you, a covenant. And we pray for those people's names in that letter for months on end till we get it out of our hearts, till we get that root of ugliness, of despair. We forgive the offenses. Say, I forgive you. We forgive the offenders. We say, I love you and I forgive you and I bless you. In the name of my God, I give you blessings. That's the right thing to do. I didn't respond properly. I didn't see a sick person full of hurts. So, I'm sorry that you're hurt, enemy. I'm sorry that you don't know how to deal with it. <laughs> see, that was a not a good statement. I just bless you. May you go on your way. I forgive you. I love you. I release the offense. I let it go. May God establish you in every which way and make you to prosper. Physically, mentally, financially, we bless our enemies. We let them go. Then we ask the Father, seal them, Father, and carry them in your arms and fix them in your way. Let us go on to newer adventures and deliver us from temptation. Keep us from the evil one, Lord. Deliver us from making the same mistakes again, Lord. Give us the wisdom and the heart and understanding, Lord God, not to go there, not to go into dangerous places around dangerous persons and people and characters, Lord. Give us the strength and the wisdom, Lord. Deliver us from temptation and keep us, seal us from the evil one, Lord. We ask in your name and we give you all the glory and the honor, Father, in Jesus. In the mighty name, in your name we pray. I want to say in the mighty name of my own personal God, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who is a warrior and loves a good fight. That's my God. He is the head bull. Thank you, one. Thank you, loved ones. God bless you. Take care.
Hey, Patrick. Sorry about that. Uh, good morning, Fernando. How are you? Good. I didn't notice you. Appreciate you coming on. Yeah. God bless you. Thank you. Uh, I'm not uh, at the beach. I uh, I parked kind of, it's a semi-busy side street where people are going to be getting up and moving their cars. So you may hear a little bit of noise in the oh, back from time to time. It's just people getting up to beat the parking enforcement also. Oh, uh, you're fine. You're, uh, you're, uh, your car is pretty well insulated, isn't it? Oh, sound you mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah, if I roll up the windows, yes. Okay, that's cool. We uh, there's, we can't do anything about the traffic. It's all around us. It's even inside our heads. <laughs> and it, well, we also have helicopters overhead. We've got the uh, Grand Prix going on this weekend down here in Long Beach. Okay, hang on. I'm going to go ahead and start the recording. You go ahead and tell me something about it. We'll just keep talking about oh, it. Describe anyway. the Grand Prix a little bit. Hang on. Sure. Okay. Yeah, there. Hang on. Sure. Oh, now I gotta figure out how to turn this thing on. Don't want to turn on. Okay. Thank you much, Patrick. Uh, I'm Fernando Alcoholic. I'm here with Patrick, who was also in recovery, and we're doing a quick podcast about the adventures that's happening over there in Long Beach and what is uh, recovery like with us today, and how we see the uh, our lives in opposed to where we're living. What time of the year? <laughs> Patrick, yeah. what, what's happening with the Grand Prix? You were telling us the annual event. Yes, it's it's a big event. Um, a lot of uh, celebrities go there too. It's a three day thing: Friday, Saturday, Sunday. By the way, I'm not promoting it. <laughs> I'm just telling you. We ha I'm in the sober living still, as you know. And and one of the guys in the house, his mom, works for a company that does the promotional work for the Toyota Grand Prix. So he gave me two weekend passes to the event so i can go in and out friday and saturday and sunday as i please and i can't make it this friday but saturday sunday i may you're welcome to come fernando if you want maybe you yeah. had a meeting down here well i'm over here close to san francisco about 45 minutes so i probably won't be in the oh. area thank you oh, oh you're up you're up north yeah i come over here to uh do some work and enjoying the uh, the weather, I slept really good. I think it has to do with the oxygen. You must oh. be getting pretty good oxygen there in Long Beach uh, from coming in from the Pacific Ocean. Well, yeah, I'm just a few blocks from it. Yes, the air quality is very nice down here. And, you know, uh, if I wake up down here and it's, say, at 10 a.m., it's 75 degrees, and I drove to Glendora half an hour later, I'm looking at, like, 85 degrees there's a huge, not a huge difference, but usually at least five to 10 degrees increase up there. So, yes, I kind of enjoy uh, Mother Nature's air conditioning down here. Amen. Amen. And it would uh, it would be nice to take more trips where up in the mountains or close to the beach where we can give our lungs some rest from city living. You know, uh, yeah. when I lived in Reno and I came back after a year or so I was working out there uh, doing the fellowship and the Reno fellowship fell in love with the people anywhere you go you have fellowship with AA and you fell in love with them um, I, I found that out um, my my housemate um, that lady I told you about um, she turned me on to a 24-7 uh, zoom 
meeting for AA. So um, parking is a problem down here. So if we, we went to a meeting the other night, for example, and we couldn't park. So I suggested we call you and have a little Zoom meeting. And she says, oh, well, we can do it 24-7. So we just, she plugged it in on her phone. We just went down to the beach and uh, listened to the meeting. It was, I guess, originating from Florida. So, yeah, you're right. You can feel it. You earned your seat worldwide, <laughs> wherever you go. The only barrier is the language, the spoken language. There's wow. a different language with us alcoholics, and it transcends uh, language and uh, cultural barriers. Yeah, we, we have that Irish guy come in. He's living in England right now, and uh, he moved over there, and and he brought, he comes in for our readings at 7 a.m. He might be here this morning at 7 a.m. Oh, okay. Uh, what's his name? I, I remember speaking to him. Uh, he, his name is Dermont. Dermot. Dermont. Yes, that's right. I do recall him. Uh, and uh, excellent reader, you know, when he comes in, he brings something into the, he's kind of like your, your Irish background reading, you know, he sends, he stops at, at periods and commas, like something we East LA guys don't know. <laughs> UCLA guys, what's that? No, East LA. East, East oh, East LA. LA. <laughs> well, my son was born there, so. I don't know if I qualify as East LA, but yeah, my son I, certainly does. I apologize. That's a little derogatory for classifying, but uh, I'm just saying that it's nice to have other other readers in the program from other continents come on in through Zoom, so I can understand our fellowship. You know, the spirit of the the language of the heart is spoken all around the world. Zoom has actually probably doubled. The population of AA has kept us alive very well and strong. Hey, you know, that is a blessing, especially uh, it's probably a result of COVID, no doubt. And um, even Elton John, as famous as he is, uh, last year said, you know, he he didn't know what he would do if uh, we didn't have Zoom meetings uh, for his recovery. Well, he's in recovery? Yeah. Well, he yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's not really a well-known thing, but um, I I knew about it years and years ago. Um, he was he, he had it pretty bad. He was with all that money around him. You know, he has access to whatever he wants. But um, I didn't blow his anonymity because he said it and it was broadcast on the news. Yeah, yeah, I I kind of I vaguely understand. There's a whole <laughs> a bunch of. I want to get back into the Grand Prix and stuff. Is that are they going to have a lot of oh. promotions of, of beer and high performance? Yeah, okay, I that uh, was leading up to that. Yes. Uh, the girl here that I go to meetings with, she said, I said, would you like to go? Uh, you know, we can go there. She says, I would, except there's alcohol all over the place. And I wouldn't feel safe. I said, well, what if we went together? She says, it's just too tempting for me. I don't care if there's 10 of you. It's just too tempting. <laughs> and so I have to respect that. Now I'm going to look at it, uh, you know, approach it in a different light. I can loan somebody the tickets tonight and they can go and then just give them back to me tomorrow. And I'll decide if I'd like to go on the weekend. But if I do go, I'd like to go with someone. Uh, you know, kind of like a buddy system, you know. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, wonderful, wonderful. So you're invited Saturday or Sunday if you like. Yeah, I'd like to go back, back here and enjoy the beach for a while. You know, 
you know how God works. It's just amazing. I, I'm really enjoying watching your progress, you know, and uh, it's the, your, uh, you know, all the information you give me because it is a ultra, ultra AA, you know, going to 24 hours, working with others, constantly vigilance on, on other people that are getting new in the program. Um, you know, it reminds me of uh, Tradition One, because when I was new, I used to say uh, our common welfare came first, meaning that I had to protect myself from dangerous people, places, and things in the beginning, or high characters, characters with a lot of zeal that say, hey, it's all right, man, have a drink, it's going to be okay. You know, those yeah. kind of people? <laughs> I, you know, uh, uh-huh. I've encountered exactly that situation several times throughout my life and i caved into it too and i don't know why just that split second it's like yeah he's right one ain't gonna hurt and no one no one will know and you know off i go i I did that too i lost about eight nine years whatever it was and then i stood out for five years yeah but you know we uh it's it's our greatest experience now. We we can we can say that with it that the the first tradition is true. You know that the unity, the love of AA, feeds us <laughs> feeds us that necessary ingredient that we need, which is acceptance, love, respect, joy, laughter, wisdom, interchange with others, and we're satisfied. I used to go looking for that in the bar, and I and I found a knuckle sandwich. That's all. <laughs> Well, I had those two, except my knuckle sandwiches always had everything on it. <laughs> and a lot of mustard. Yeah, uh, buddy. And and real toasted. And some ketchup too, yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, the real deal there. Yeah. Pat Amen. Amen. I don't miss that. You have but your, I, but I do look back and I can laugh at it now. Right, right. What was the uh, what was the uh, the topic on uh, the international meeting? And do you have the Zoom calling numbers on that one? Uh, yeah, I do. You want me to text it to you when we're done? Uh, yeah, please. I like to. Uh, you can go sure. a- any time of the day, huh? It, that's according to it says home page or home group or something. I vaguely saw the opening part. Um, because the first night we did it on her phone and then last night we did it on mine. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be happy to, uh, send you that link and by all means, uh, pass it along. All righty. Let's go ahead and, uh, dissect a couple of prayers in the, uh, in our system and then just see if you get anything that God tells you on these prayers. We're going to pray the uh, seven step prayer first and then the third step prayer. Because we usually start the meeting with a prayer. Sure. This one goes like this. Uh, On page 76 of the big book, it says, when ready, we say something like this. My creator, I am now willing that you should have all of me, good and bad. I pray that you now remove from me every single defect of character which stands in the way of my use when it's to you and my fellows. Grant me strength. As I go out from here to do your bidding, amen. We have then completed step seven. And step three prayer is on page 63. It says, 
We were now at step three. Many of us said to our maker, as we understood him, God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulty that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. Amen. That is the Amen. two prayers of uh Did you get anything? If you didn't, I'd like to read one more thing. Yeah, I did. Okay, go ahead. Oh, uh, with step three, uh, I just had a realization that that's really a cool step or prayer to say along with a step and put, uh, you know, practice that principle in all of your affairs. But um, it's a, it, to me, it's a, it's not stale or static. It's an ongoing thing. Um, you know, and the one, the way I see it is, you know, me offering myself to God as, a, as humbling as that is, it actually puts me in check and puts me in my place saying, you know, I'm not, I'm not that big. And I'm, I'm not that powerful and, but I have a higher power that is, and my higher power pretty much can kick any problem I have, uh, kick it in the ass and get rid of it for me. So yeah, my higher power is bigger and badder than my problems and he'll take care of it. So it, that saying that prayer is a reminder every day That's for beautiful. me. Yeah. I got the same thing. You know what I got? I, I, I think we're, uh, I have overshoot the mark a lot. And this prayer with reading it to you just made me realize that all it is, is, is you acknowledge God in the beginning. And then he gives you confidence to go with zeal to the day. To hit the day with, uh, with confidence that, and uh, common sense, common sense and confidence is, God doing for us what we can't do for ourselves. Because if you remember back when alcohol beat the snot out of me, I, I I was having a hard time with confidence. I didn't have any confidence because I wasn't going to the source to the to the wishing well, which was AA. The uh, I wasn't at the getting myself inspired again by not drinking the water that's in AA, and it gave me confidence. So I propose to you that prayer, the, the fruit of prayer is common sense and confidence. Yes, I can see that too. It's like a very, uh, it's a common confidence. Like um, you're at ease, but you know you're, you have strength at the same time. Mm, beautiful. Um, like in martial arts, for example, I would expect, have these feelings of being extremely focused on you know whatever move they were having us do and not just in the uh, gym or the studio but when I would go to work and I would carry the attitude of extreme and intense focus but at the same time another feeling of just complete relaxation and being at ease and having that confidence knowing that you know what I can see this through whatever it is I can do this, you know, with that confidence that, you know, you just mentioned. But yeah, we can do this. You know, from many, many years of being a Christian and I got saved in Alcoholic Anonymous, um, you know, that God has put 10%, the Holy Spirit, into our hearts. 
that's one of the reasons you and I have a, an established friendship and confidence that we can rely on each other's words, each other's, uh, you know, promises, because we have that confidence that we have built up through trial and error. Um, and I, I really believe I, I have overshot the mark and I wanted, I wanted to pray again, all over again and pray. And I lose my imagination for the day by keep throwing prayers up there. There's a part in the Bible where God tells the, the, the prophet, okay, enough praying. I'll get with it. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that is uh, a little humorous. Yeah, you know, God says, go on, you know, let's just get with it, you know, put some action into your prayers. You know, you said a prayer and looking back, the, the funnest and most happiest days of mine is when I forgot that I had prayed and I had a good outward experience in doing service work, like delivering milk and, and the rhythm of life, you know, like red lights. I got a lot of green lights and got a lot of nice people and everything just worked out. I had a good day, in other words. And then I realized that I had prayed in the morning and the confidence of God just took. So you said something very important there in the beginning after the readings is the fact is that he's given. And the reason I said that is because he's given us so much confidence that we forget where the power comes from. And you said he always proved himself to provide <clears throat> that my God can handle anything. In essence, that's what I heard you say. Well, yeah, I mean, to begin with, like you mentioned, you were a, a total wreck, as was I. Well, God, you know, basically resurrected both of us from, uh, I don't know if I'm repeating something I read, but he resurrected us from the trash heap. And where there was absolutely no confidence, no self-respect or anything like that. And uh, just building upon that, those little things, that, you know, you come out of a... a let's say the trash heap or, you know, an alley pushing the shopping cart, you start doing little things like bathing regularly. So your outward appearance, you say, yeah, you know, I don't look too bad today. And then you start feeling good. And then that, that, that feeling builds confidence, just little things like that at little things at a time. When, when I first started out being able to uh, put together a sentence, a coherent sentence that people can understand. That's and, beautiful. Then, uh -huh. and then, you know, to me, this may sound like it's uh, real small, but to be able to walk without a cane or a walker, that's another thing that I got confidence in. I said, yeah, I, you know, we did it. We meaning God and me, you know, mm -hmm. I, you know God helped me. And, and little by little, like you said, I, you know, there's a time to stop praying and get into action. So getting into action and, and actually doing make making little accomplishments in life does build up that confidence. My, my older brother, my late brother used to say when I was down, he says, you know what you need? And, um, and he was very bright and he knew a lot of human nature. He said, what you need is a little, a whole bunch of little psychological victories, you know, like just do little things that you know, you can handle and then accomplish it and then put it behind you, go on to something bigger. And little by little, you'll uh, regain that sense of uh, confidence and strength. Did uh, did fear have a gra or grasp of you? Yeah, still does. It still does. Not, okay. Well, not the way it used to. Right, right. Like uh, um, we have, 
I mean, right now today we have the what did you call it the uh, the fear of going out. You know, that's a healthy fear. Or, uh, because of COVID, you mean? No, because of the of the of the no defense against the first drink. If oh, that, yeah. yeah. I I remember having that fear. That is my biggest fear is relapse. And as you know, earlier this year, before I relapsed, I kept from time to time, I would mention my biggest relapse is moving out of the sober living into a nice place, which I did. And I couldn't beat the rent either. And being all alone. And that's exactly what happened. It's like it, I followed some kind of a subconscious script that I had. Mm. I am all alone in this real cool place. Liquor stores right around the corner, right next to the bar, too. And no one's going to know. So, yeah, I forgot yeah. All about uh, all the, <laughs> all those hours in rehab and those groups and classes. Thinking, okay, you know, some, a lot of the times to me, uh, I thought, well, here's here's another waste of time. Thinking, this is, it was, part of it was so boring that it, it made me say, I never want to come back to rehab. Or why in the world would I want to relapse? But I did. And luckily, uh, I didn't lose anything this last time. Uh, I, I was uh, spared and uh, luckily got right back into where I was a month or from where I was a month earlier down here in Long Beach. Yes, yes. That was uh, an one of the things is you, you left in a good terms where you were living. You, we usually leave and, and burn the bridge, but you didn't. You left a good bridge to come back. And people loved you. And the oh, other yeah. thing, too, is, uh, folks, if you don't know, I've had been, uh, Patrick has been uh, re uh, re rest from the dead. How do you say it? Rest, rest, rescued. Resurrected. Resurrected. Uh, you should times, know that word. Many times. Uh, I was going to say resuscitated. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I, I remember the time when you came out, we were trying to jump your car and your car and yourself, you've been drinking for, uh, I don't know, for, and you know, all, all yeah. the tires were down to about, you know, 10, 15. Uh, Are you talking about that time you came over with Jeremy and I had that uh, Camry? Yeah. You came in the out back with, of the house. You came out hard with two sticks and your legs were swollen because of drinking. Right. Yeah. It, it looked like a praying damnus or a grasshopper, you know, with the canes. God, yeah. I uh, I want to give the people a good, you know, what we came out of. And how did you come out of that, by the way? How did what was the principle that you used? Remember that we thank uh, God, thank uh, God for the alcohol, right? Thank God for the alcohol. I lost my house. That's what happened. I hit bottom and ended up sleeping on a bench. Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. or, or the uh, concrete steps to the back of a church, right next to the house I just lost. And it got worse. It got then worse. I, it was 35 degree I, temperature. Then I moved even closer to the house I lost by going directly across the street at it, sitting there and staring at it all day and uh, pounding down beers, wine, and uh, Captain Morgan. You made, you made residence at the library, huh? Uh, yeah. Hey, you know, they took the benches out of that little park because of me. <laughs> the, cops, the cops would have to come over there and pay me a visit and say, look, the first few times they were really cool. Hey, can you pick up these uh, empties around here, you know, because there's little kids in the library and they could see through that window. I said, oh, yeah, sure, officer. I guess one time I got a little too belligerent because I was very protective of my uh, I just got a big half gallon of Captain Morgan rum 
And uh, that was that was my baby, man. That uh, that mama bear instinct kicked in, and I, I was very protective of it. So I had to uh, mouth off to the cop. And uh, I guess the next day they had the city maintenance come out there and unbolted from whatever it was bolted into and took the benches away because of me. <laughs> oh, you know what else they took out? They took out, they put uh, locks on the uh, those outlets where you could charge your phone. Uh-huh. So I'd have to wait till the library open and go in there or crawl in there, <laughs> uh, stinking to high heaven, looking like Moses, and just sitting there watching my phone charge. And so I figured, fuck it. <laughs> Sorry for my language. I said, let's make this not boring. So I would sneak in like a pint of vodka. And, you know, I'd cruise down one of the aisles where the books were and just take a healthy hit. Go back to the phone, and yeah, that that's that was living the dream, uh, Fernando. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Actually, it it took a nightmare for me to come to the this dream of living sober. Really, that's the bottom line. Hitting bottom was Amen. that moment. God, God did for us what we couldn't do for ourselves, and I always tell. Uh, they asked me. I said, "Where's Patrick?" Oh, well. We, you know, some of his recovery buddies came and they took a spatula and they just slide them off the hot cement there and took them to a hospital to Long Beach and they resuscitate them. And, yeah. And I, I remember you calling me and you were totally out of out of it, you know, uh, being detoxing. It was like, you, you know, almost you got yeah. close to death. Did you see death? Did you have a near-death experience, by the way? Uh, I kind of sensed something that um, about... 10 days before my friend came and got me um i actually my desire to drink went away for some reason but i continued drinking i guess seriously for medicinal reasons so i wouldn't seize up or have a stroke or a heart attack oh oh good and um so but had he not had no one come and i just stayed there um i was pretty good at getting free liquor so i wasn't worried about going to jail but I, I was thinking if I continue like this and get comfortable with this kind of living at the bottom with uh, lower companionship, then I'm going to be dead within two weeks. And that's just the way I sensed things. And uh, when they got me out of detox and back into the rehab and they knew me at the rehab, uh, they had to, I, even though I had a walker, they had to have someone physically escort me into the bedroom. And uh, they had to actually um, take my shoes off for me. And um, the first week there, they didn't know if I was going to make it physically. And uh, that that's kind of what happened. I don't really remember much of the first two weeks. In the hospital, they gave me some sedatives, which made me, which really eased the transition from going, you know, the detox process. So I phys the physical detox wasn't as uh, rough as it normally is um, when you do it medically. And uh, you actually kind of catch a little buzz and all that, but it doesn't matter because you're going to be asleep anyway in about 10 minutes <laughs> because of whatever they give you. I think it's Librium or something. Yes. Yeah. Tranquilizer or a sedative. But it does uh, lower the heart rate and, and it does make it going from, you know, completely intoxicated to I guess dry, dried out physically. And uh, Amen. Amen. it's a whole experience uh, doing it on your couch by yourself, you know, uh, wrapped in a sheet covered with your own sweat and, and vomit and whatever. 
Yeah, just in case that some of the people are thinking of going out there that a drink sounds good, they will put perspective in the, on the table and you will have wisdom beyond your years to understand how to unrattle your life. But the whole area is a little prayer, a small victories, confidence will come. Like in 1 John 5.14 here says, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And his will is good, of course. You know, I ask God for your good will to happen today. And he will give you a remarkable experience. You know, with confidence, joy, and experience, his power will propel us into a fourth dimension of existence when we ask for his good will. Just that's it. Ask for good for this day, period. I ask you, Father. So we, we're out of time. Let's go ahead and uh, say our, our parting thoughts. And I just wanted to say that this is what I got from our speech today, what I just said about confidence and God's goodwill. Anything else to say to our listeners? Uh, Patrick, thank you very much for coming in. Uh, what do you? What else you got? You got two minutes, sir. Well, um, I'm sure you've heard this before. It took years for me to... Uh find out that yes there really is a god you know and um he does listen as a matter of fact i'll give you an example uh when i came back from my relapse uh, first my ex-wife uh kind of tracked my progress the first year and a half and she says it's amazing you know you should be thanking god every day for you know i would give her reports every day you know what's going on about you know my progress doctor's appointments you know, cool shit, um, you know, positive things. And um, she said, why, why, I never see, she said she's never seen anyone get so blessed so fast. And, and she asked me, you know, how come you, it seems like you, you, it comes so quick to you, all the good things as soon as you start, stop drinking. And I said, well, maybe a lot of it has to do with me just being humble before God and just put in simple requests and sometimes to me my requests seem like impossible and then she'll always remind me pat nothing is impossible with god and so she always leaves me with those words that's pretty cool for an ex-wife to be supportive of uh, her ex-spouse in recovery that is beautiful and, and that's another gift you know i never thought she'd even ever ever give me the time of day that is and, another. God does for us what we can't do for ourselves. Remarkable things are happening. They absolutely are. And you were there for one of them that day in the rain in the park, February 3rd, 2019. Phone rings. It's my brother right after I told God, do it, do whatever the hell you want to do with me. I don't care. And I really didn't. I just gave up. And it was raining, too. And I, I remember talking to God while you were on the phone or something, saying, look, and I pointed to a bench in the park. I said, if you want me to, you know, just slowly die over there with a bottle of wine, fine. If that's what's in my cards, cool. I'll do it. If you want my brother or whatever to happen, go to rehab. I'm okay with that, too. And then right as I got done saying it, you handed me the phone. It was my brother who came down and saved my life. Isn't isn't that the day that you you uh, you spoiled our breakfast? How did I do that? We were going down to get some breakfast. Me and two other guys, Jeremy and, and Chris, and we got a phone call from the cops. 
from the police department to come and pick you up. Yeah, that was the morning. Yeah, that was the morning. It was it was raining and it was cold and it was miserable. So I go from a drunk tank within five minutes from a drunk tank to an AA meeting, and you guys had to help me because it was raining. And we did it in the uh, that band shell, that uh, amphitheater thing. You know, the comedy thing about it is the, the officer tells me, well, he needs a bed and he's a few days to, to th I said, bed? I'm going to take him to a, a meeting. If he dies, he dies. And uh, yeah. goes, wait a minute, I got to go talk to my sergeant. I can't let you go. And they went in there for about 20 minutes and they were wondering if they should release you to me. Yeah. Why? You were being a, a, a smart guy? No, it's just like he was shocked that we were going to drag you to a meeting, and that's exactly what God wanted for you. And you, not only one meeting, but two meetings, and then the second meeting, you cannot walk the, the two, three steps there. You couldn't get, you needed assistance on the second meeting. Uh, uh, yes, I did, and I could, I didn't have any cigarettes, and I was shaking. And I don't know how I got through the day, and then, uh, of course, the highlight was the Patriots beat the Rams in the Super Bowl. <laughs> and I didn't I didn't have the energy to rub it into you. Besides, you were kind enough to uh, loan me your couch for a few days. So I kind of held off on that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, speaking of that day, February 3rd, 2019, I recently made a financial amends to my brother, Tim, the one that came down. Mm -hmm. And he's been helping me with the storage fees for over two years. And uh I was gifted some money recently from my late aunt. And the first thing I did was wire him some money and said, look, uh, we never did discuss the money issue, you know, what, what I should pay back. And he never mentioned it either. And so I said, look, you know, uh, while I was in the mood to be grateful and be thankful and express my gratefulness, my gratitude to my brother, I said, I owe you for that day, February 3rd, 2019, when you came spur of the moment down here to either say goodbye because, you know, you thought I was going to die a drunk or get you some help. So it's obvious uh, what happened. I got the help I needed and he saved my life. And I always remind him of that. And I guess he kind of gets a little embarrassed about it, which is odd for him because he's oozing with confidence, as you say, Fernando. Oh man, beautiful. Yeah. beautiful! I mean, you met him uh, once or twice, maybe. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. He's very, very. I was there at his uh, when he took a cake at the, and you were there too at the uh, Jelly Bean. Uh, I think it was nineteenth or twentieth year or something. Yeah, he's still going strong with his uh, sobriety, and he's a great case of uh, what you. He's a great illustration of what you were discussing uh, about confidence, because him being my youngest brother. I knew what he, I saw him in action. He'd have a bottle of Jack Daniels in one hand, a crack pipe in another, and, but he'd be on the 118 freeway doing 80 or 90 miles an hour to go to his connection and get more crack. Wow. Wow. And yeah, and he, he got it real bad. And uh, one of his motivating factors is, is uh, he married his high school sweetheart, the, the only woman he ever dated or anything like that. And she gave, finally, like most of our wives do, gave him the ultimatum. This is, he was sober for seven years first, and then he relapsed. And she said, look, you, you do this shit one more time and it's over. And this is before they were married. So evidently and obviously, um, that it was a motivating factor. 
he's going to lose the most precious thing in his life. Amen. You know, th that wife that, you know, now they've been happily married and they have four children and have two beautiful homes. Wow. Wow. Helping others. Help, he helped you when you needed it right at the right time. Yeah. So uh, I just, and I remember he posted something about it on Facebook and all of our friends from Massachusetts were chiming in, offering thoughts and prayers and this and that. And it got to be several hundred people and I knew most of them. And I kind of emailed Tim. I said, Tim, uh, don't you know the thing about anonymity being a spiritual foundation? What, how does that go, Fernando, about anonymity? It's one of the steps. Anyway, I had to remind him of that. Yeah, it says anonymity is a spiritual foundation of something or other. And I'm sorry, I forgot. I, I don't mean to chop up the big book and hack it to death. But um, I had to remind him of that. So I publicly posted something on that. So all of them can see and basically those people that um knew about this the last time they saw me i was the teenage town drunk uh, about 30 some odd years ago and i've never been back but my brother has and you know they ask about me from time to time so i said look uh yeah it's true what my brother posted i needed some help he saved my life and i'm sure he would do the same for you that's the kind of brother I have. And then, so my brother respectfully took the post down uh, because I like my anonymity. Amen. Although Amen. I do appreciate the prayers, though, and uh, especially coming go, from some Go of the ahead people. and pray us out. Uh, we got one minute. Uh, I got to start my Zoom class. Go ahead and okay. pray us out with the, uh, the Lord's Prayer, please. You're going to have to help me. Okay. Okay. Our Father. Our Father. Who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us for our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Keep coming back. All right. Thank you very Will much, do. Patrick, for joining us from Long Beach, California, and the drag races. Yeah. So come on down Sunday, Sunday, Sunday for the uh, Acura Grand Prix. Amen. Okay. <laughs> I just never, I, like I said, I'm not plugging the event or anything, but All right. it'd be nice to have sober people down here if I decide to go. Amen. See you soon, Patrick. All right. I'll, I'll call you later, okay? I'll All talk right, to you. Later. Thank you so much. Bye. You're welcome, Fernando. See you. Doing the right thing takes a lot of practice of doing the wrong thing. Anybody would tell you that the 5% of winning stands on 95% of losing. It's the one that keeps asking, keeps knocking, keeps seeking solutions. When I was in, in my drinking career, I get a uh, ticket for speeding or, or infraction for drinking and I set, get set back. I wanted to go to study in school. I realized I couldn't be drinking four, four nights a week. I'm going to have to cut down to three nights and that didn't work. Two nights then one night and then boom! I got the famous DUI and I went to 
AA and I went to no nights. And then I started achieving an incredible amount of things on my first year of AA. I mean, I was pumping gas with pumping diesel for a grocery company in the middle of the night to the morning wee hours. And I couldn't get a GED, couldn't do anything. Came into that program of AA where they prayed. And before you know it, I ended up with quite a bit of certificates, quite a bit of house, quite a bit of uh, turnaround. Just amazing. 95% failure. Learning on the failures of others 95% of the time. What didn't work? How did the failures handle the situation? How did they drop the ball? Failing to say yes, thank you, when someone blames you or accuses you, says bad things about you, complains about you, says yes, that's true. And do not defend yourself. You can say to the person, whatever you think, You're right. Whatever you believe in, for God is our our judge. He is the only true justice. He is the only true fair person, and He knows. It says when we do that, it turns into honor for us. It's to give the people the benefit of the doubt. It's so hard when. In the midst of it, it's hard to remember that. We're so used to bickering with somebody. Letting go and letting God. Especially if you're going to be in leadership positions, starting a business, starting a corporation. Keeping our dreams to ourselves, keeping our ideas on paper, writing down an idea and then put a little circle around the idea and then write six lines around like the sun and then write at the bottom put six things I don't want to do to get my idea off the ground. Six things I need to investigate in the failures of others. Six things I do not want to do to get my business off the ground. Put an envelope, pray for it, 14 days. Lift it up to God. Thank you for these six things. Thank you for this idea on this business. I like ask you to, is it okay, Father? Should I go in this direction? Should I pull all my energy in these six things that I do not want to do? The research, the education, 
the investigations, the hours, but prayer, best that you pray for a whole month. If you're going to invest so much time in an idea. If you can't do this, then your idea is an illusion. It's a fantasy. We write down why we want to do this, when we want to accomplish this, how we're going to do it, who's going to do it, And where is this going to happen? And then you act like it. Once you get all those ducks in a row, you got approval from heaven. Heaven has approved you that you're going in the right direction. You get a box out of nowhere and it's got the supplies that you need to start. I was working in a, I'm investigating 30 amps, 20 amps circuitry in a home. And I needed some uh, extension cords for to do a project I was working on to run 220, create 220 out of a, a 110 household. And lo and behold, I go to the store and I come back and somebody threw out right on top of their trash bin was a perfectly 50-foot heavy-gauge extension cord. Exactly what I needed. And the spirit inside of me, which is God, said, there you go. Go at it. But it didn't show up until I, I did the research, the YouTube. I talked to a little electricians. I, got, I bought a little product for it. To put it together my confidence soared the investigation part was over with now the act, acting as if I got this build a project on the outside before you connect it it seems like we're always running out of time like we should be doing something more useful and with that attitude, we're not getting anything done. Going around in circles. We write down six things we don't want to do. And we, when are we going to do those things? And we're going to do them to the best of our professional ability. the best professional ability. That includes investigation, thorough thinking, drawing it out on paper, prayer that your Father in Heaven allows you to do that. Ninety-five percent failure. Study the failures of others. You may have to study some of your own failures. And think, think, think 
what stops people, what motivates people, how, what motivates us. A system we can believe on. You may have a whole bunch of envelopes you've been praying for from different businesses. Water company, soap company, vitamin company, service-oriented company, transportation company, telecommunications company, invention company. There are ideas right above our heads that are so needed and useful. And Father God can drop it in our heads. God Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change or pray for those things I cannot change. Give me strength and energy to do the right things through prayer and wisdom and your wisdom, the wisdom of Christ, the knowledge of Christ, sanctification of Christ the righteousness of Christ the redemption of Christ to do your work Lord thank you amen in Jesus name have a great day give them heaven All right, thank you very much for that. All right, Fernando, you got some daily reflection for us today? Good morning, everyone. Fernando Agaholic. Uh, August 15th. Didn't we hurt anybody? Didn't we hurt anybody? Some of us thought, some of us, some of us though, tripped over a very different snag. We clung to the claim that when drinking, we never hurt anybody but ourselves. 12 Steps and 12 Traditions, page 79. This step seems so simple. I identified several people whom I had harmed, but they were no longer available. Still, I was uneasy about the step and avoided conversations dealing with it. In time, I learned to investigate those steps and areas of my life which made me uncomfortable. My search revealed my parents who had been deeply hurt by my isolation from them, my employer who worried about my absences, my memory, lapse, my temper, and the friends I had chunned without explanation. As I faced the reality of the harm I had done, step A took on new meaning. I am no longer uncomfortable, and I feel clean and light. I'm Fernando Alcoholic. Fernando. Woo! That's a lot, man. It's one of the hardest steps for me, too, is eight and making amends, you know. I still have an approach to that trucking company that I've I broke in and I found some in their trailer. They had to put a trailer there and 
and I got into the air conditioning and uh, I knew there was going to be a fifth in there. And sure enough, you know, my fate led me to there. But uh, I drank the fifth and I started uh, singing oldies, Memories of Almani, remember? And I'm in the drinking and the sun's coming up and these guys are coming to work. And, I, you know, my mastermind of, uh, I say, oh, well, these keys will open up the cage door. I mean, kind of like in a cage, they got these, these metal doors and metal bars all over. None of the keys opened up the door. I couldn't get out. I was, and I had come in through a 12 by 12. Well, it was skinny then. I don't know how, you know, how you hear on television that <clears throat> this guy escaped through the air con, you know, a real small one. And they wonder how he got out. Same thing. Oh, yeah, man. Well, the shame is uh, I was able to get out like a worm out up top. And then I jumped off the little trailer because the cops were there. And the cops, uh, I ain't going to let no copper get a hold of me, man. And never mind. I'll stop there. It really gets embarrassing. Man. There's a, a, a chain link fence with barbed wire, the new kind of barbed wire, unknown to me. I was used to the other kind, you know, the cow one. This one was the razor blades, real heavy-duty one. And I went to go test it, completely drunk. And, and I got it, and right away, I got cut here, there, and it holds you. They really work. Yeah. That barbed wire will hold you. You know, it grabs onto your skin and your... And I was able to flip over, leave half my clothes there, and uh, I got away. Did I get away? I'm, I'm still guilty. I've still got this thing over my head. So I confess it to you guys that uh, I still have to uh, approach that company and figure out how much damage I did. I already apologized to the police department. And you know what I got from them? That's okay. We like the overtime, man. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Fernando. Chips? Oh, I'm the chip man, too. You know, I came into Alcoholic Anonymous with a chip on my shoulder, Tom. <laughs> And they uh, and I easily looked around, and no one had a chip on their shoulder. In other words, no one no one had discouragement that were going to go toe to toe with me like they did in the bar. That I you know I seemed to gravitate to that and, and get my ass kicked. You know, sound like the badass, but <laughs> but uh, anyone like a welcome chip? This is speaker meeting, man. Okay, how about a 30-day chip? Anybody with 30 days? 30-day wonders? 60 days? How about 90 days? Anyone with six months? Yeah. How about nine months? In a year's time, we allow you to have metal. We trust you now. And then, yet last night we had a a six-year guy uh, celebrate. So this is one of the greatest things I ever done is to, it's like I, uh, Tom mentioned that yesterday, is you got a choice. I can keep doing this on a regular basis and it creates hope in the right direction. And that's what I did. My head didn't want to go to AA, but I made my feet go. So I walked like this, you know, into, into the meeting. <laughs> Thank you for letting me be of service. Thank you. All right. Everybody, we're going to be reading out of the big book. Anybody else need it? Welcome, book review. Something a lot of us believe in but have a hard time doing. Uh, That's uh, Morning Pages, a primary tool of creative recovery. 
They are also a primary tool for establishing prosperity. Three daily pages of longhand writing strictly stream of consciousness. They provoke, clarify, comfort, <coughs> cajole, prioritize, <coughs> and synchronize <coughs> the day at hand. This daily writing coupled with counting will bring you to emotional and financial clarity. You will discover your true values, personal and monetary, and uncover the actions that will lead you to a life that is truly your own. Morning pages are to be written by hand, no speeding ahead by computer. They are to be done first thing in the morning and they are to be shown to no one. They are private. They are personal. They are important. Best done in a eight by eight point eight and a half by eleven inch lined paper. There are three single side pages. Do not be tempted to use a smaller journal. Smaller pages tend to also make your thoughts smaller. <clears throat> Conversely, be sure to stop at three pages. As tempting as it may be to keep writing, it is important not to overdo. We do not want to become so immersed. In exploring the psychics that we fail to act in our lives, three pages are enough to make deep changes while also maintaining a functional existence in the world. Write about absolutely anything, and if it is hard to think of what to write, write I can't think of what to write. Just keep writing. There is no wrong way to do morning pages. A quote from Ernest Holmes. Today I recognize the abundance of life. I animate everything in my experience with this idea. Today I recognize the abundance of life. A day at a time, a page at a time, we explore our lives seeking to make our expenditures of time and money align with our personal value system. Morning pages are like getting up in the morning and telephoning yourself. Not only are you contacting yourself, you're also contacting yourself. Over time, morning pages lead to a sense of wisdom and a nurturing belief in the benevolence of universal flow. Just what do we mean by that? Morning pages allows us to move through our lives with greater ease. There is an intermeshing of our inner and outer worlds. At first, morning pages may seem negative. All I do is gripe, you might exclaim, reluctant to create or perpetuate negativity you may wish to avoid meeting your shadow, but surprising negativity only allows us to fester. By contrast, <clears throat> dumping your negativity into the page each morning lets your shadow get in its two cents. Worth rather than allowing it to darken your whole day. Morning pages are very powerful. You may experience them as a propulsive flow a sort of a creative river underlying all of life. They will become a best friend, a safe place to vent, 
to celebrate, to mourn, to wish. Although at first doing it may take some getting used to, getting up half an hour earlier, carving out an uninterrupted window before the day begins, morning pages quickly become a sort of positive addiction. I have been doing morning pages now for 30 years. On the rare occasion that I miss a day, I find myself out of sorts and slightly removed from the day at hand. The students have experienced the same thing. The act of doing morning pages clears the slate on a daily basis, leaving us available to be present in our day and ultimately in our lives. Morning pages are intended to both challenge and comfort us. In our pages, we ask questions and receive answers. The still, small voice grows louder and clearer as we go inside to hear it. Clarity is the reward of morning pages. We know what we want and why. Over time, we are guided to action. The actions we choose to take, however small, will ultimately lead us to create a deeply thoughtful handmade life. Counting. The bedrock tool of prosperity is a very simple one. Counting, you are asked to keep a ledger of small, a small notebook will do, of money in and money out. Counting brings clarity, and clarity is one of the first and finest fruits of prosperity. No amount of money is too small or too large to be counted. The loan you make to your brother and the packet of gum you buy at the newsstand are both subject to a recording. The unexpected bonus from work, the inheritance check from your late aunt's estate, these two must be counted. Counting is an old-fashioned tool. Many of us are elders practice it. You will be joined a time-honored tradition, so let yourself count. A quote from Susan Jeffers, J-E-F-F-E-R-S, We have been taught to believe that negative equals realistic and positive equals unrealistic. Abstinence. Another quote from Charles Fillmore, you may trust love to get out, excuse me, you may trust love to get out of your difficulties. There is nothing too hard for it to accomplish for you if you put your confidence in it. Okay, here we go again. You, you may trust love to get out of your difficulties. There is nothing too hard for it to accomplish for you if you put your confidence in it, Charles Fillmore. The third basic tool might be seen as a non-tool. Stop debting. We call it this tool abstinence. Before practicing abstinence, our life is like a boat with a leak. When we commit to practicing abstinence, we plug the leak. And the boat stops sinking. Abstinence means no more borrowing ahead on paychecks, no more borrowing period, no more loans for which we have no collateral, a house, loan, or a car, 
loan is permissible. As long as the house or the car we choose has a monthly payment we can afford. But we cannot indulge in loans for our rent or basic services. While this may seem severe, it leads straight to prosperity. It's hard to feel prosperous when we are debting, debting, walking. The fourth tool is deceptively simple one. Unlike counting and morning pages, it requires no intellectual effort. What is this tool? Walking, walking, walking. Walk at least twice a week for a minimum of 20 minutes. You will discover when you walk that many events fall into a healthier perspective. You may walk out with a problem and walk back with a solution. Walking is an opportunity to immerse yourself in the present. You may set out distracted by your thoughts, but you will soon become interested by the details of your surroundings. Walking is an opportunity to enjoy the beauty of the world. The cat on the windowsill, the window box filled with velvety petunias, the bushes flaring gold in early spring, the mother pushing a stroller, the lover strolling hand in hand, the elderly couple sitting side by side on a bench, the cocker spaniel puppy plunging ahead in its leash. All these sights and more fire your imagination. You are replenishing your inner well, stocking it with sights and sounds. There is a benevolent something interconnecting all of life. We sense that something when we walk. We sense that something when we walk. Walking is a time-honored spiritual tradition. Native Americans walk on vision quests. Over aborigines go on walkabouts. Wiccans trace the ley lines. Walking brings a welcome sense of connection. It brings optimism and increases energy. Walking gives a sense of health and well-being. Walking here in Santa Fe, New Mexico, I startle a lizard which scoots off the path. I feel a sense of magic. My heart leaps up. The lizard's unexpected beauty announces Mother Nature, always powerful, always surprising. It is common when we walk to experience a sense of expansion. Walking is a luxury and escape from our frantic pace. When we walk, we experience the richness of the world. When we walk, we experience our own inner prosperity. Timeout. Timeout. The fifth tool is a timeout. I like to point out right here that uh, I started reading uh, this book. I jumped into the middle of it to the morning pages right away. The book is called The Prosperous Heart Creating a Life of Enough by Julia Cameron. Okay. A Prosperous Heart, Creating a Life of Enough. Julian Cameron. Okay, the fifth two is a, is a timeout. You think you tell your kids to go timeout? Well, God is telling us, timeout, kid. Go in the corner and think. Ponder. That's my two cents. Okay, back to the reading. Timeout. The fifth two is a timeout. Once in the morning and once at night, take five minutes to sit 
quietly. You may use this time to consciously count your blessings. You may use this time to simply rest. Timeouts puts us in touch with our own inner resources. They help us to know how we are feeling and why. Timeout gives us a chance to review our choices. In sitting quietly with ourselves for a moment, we are able to reassess our day and begin anew. Ideas often come to us in our timeouts that prove to be efficient and guided. I do everything with a sense of reliance upon the law of God. Therefore, I know that my word shall not return unto me void. Ernest Holmes. Quote from Ernest Holmes. I do everything with a sense of reliance upon the law of good. Therefore, I know that my word shall not return unto me void. Ernest Holmes. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. A deliberate time out offers us a chance of self-appraisal and self-approval. We may feel a sense of conscious contact with a benevolent universal source. I am often, often asked whether prayer and meditation count as a time out. Yes, you may use this time to pray. I am also sometimes asked whether taking a time out will allow self-critical thoughts to emerge. My experience has been that it does not. Timeout tends to put us in touch with a critical ego-driven voice, but rather not put us in touch with a critical ego-driven voice, but rather to put us in touch with a deeper, kinder, wiser part of ourselves. The point is to stop what you are doing and take a moment to listen to yourself. Think. I suspect that what you hear will be encouraging. This was a sample from the Kindle book. I enjoyed the sample. Okay. I hope you enjoy that. Thank you very much. God bless you. Time out.